0: this week on the small church media podcast we are going to be talking about sunday school not necessarily about how to use media to make sunday school better but more so asking the question of is sunday school dead and is there something that we can put in place of it to continue to grow the faith of our congregations you ready to talk about it let's get it This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. We are almost officially done with July, which means it is time to start planning how you are going to do your fall launch for your ministries. Now granted, okay, so a lot of churches, mine included, we always started our student ministry the Sunday after Labor Labor Day. I think Labor Day is September, right? Yeah, Memorial Day is May, Labor Day is September. So the Sunday after Labor Day was always the big kickoff that we did for the student ministry and for our AWANA program. But I know for our kids, we are starting school here in South Bend, Indiana. In literally two and a half weeks. I'm sure many of you guys are doing that as well. And I just want to put a little bug into your brain, all right? This is bonus. We ain't talking about this on the show at all today, but this is just a little bonus, all right? As the school system is getting ready to gear up to have, you know, a whole bunch of kids for their school system again, I want to ask you this question, okay? What is something that your church can do to bless the teachers in your community? The last few years of teaching has been incredibly difficult, and it still continues to be difficult. So what is something that your church can do to bless the snot out of the teachers in your community? Something that our church did once upon a time, well, once upon a time, a.k.a. when I was, when I was rocking it, was we would get a whole bunch of donuts and muffins and treats and pastries from one of our local grocery stores. Then we would jump over to our local coffee shop and get a whole bunch of coffee. And on the first day of school, we actually showed up in the teacher's lounge super early, set everything up for them and let them know, hey, we just want to bless you guys here for the first day of school. Another thing that our other associate pastor led the charge with is we asked the school, is there anything we can do for the first week of school Even leading up to school during open houses, just to be there to help guide and direct people and help people out in any way that they need. So there are so many ways to help out your local school as they are joining uh, as they're joining as they're starting the school year off. So I want to challenge you with finding a local elementary or maybe local you know junior high, maybe hey even maybe high school, and just figure out a way to connect with those teachers just to let them know that your church loves those. Teachers, it's a great outreach opportunity for you guys as schools kicking off. So I just wanted to give you that little free little nugget that's in the back of my mind. But I also want you to start being prepared to how on earth are you going to get the word out about your student ministry and your children's ministry getting started again for your church. I want to encourage you guys to go back in the archives a little bit here in the Small Church Media podcast where we talked about how to use Facebook ads to let people know that Christmas services are coming up you guys can do the exact same things for your fall launch regarding your children's and your student ministry programs. Now, no, now, when you are talking about your fall launch, the best thing you can do with those is just post actual real-life pictures of things from your children and student ministry and use those pictures in your advertisements. But I just wanted, again, I, I like giving you little tidbits of things that, you know, we ain't gonna talk about here on the show for this episode, but just little reminders in what the typical calendar of the church is, just to help it keep in front of mind and in sight, because I know as As a small church pastor, you guys literally have so many different things that are going on in your mind, and I just want to come and help you out a little bit with that. Before we continue on with today's conversation, though, I want to remind you that the uh, new—not new, I guess it's been out for a couple weeks, so I think I can still call it new—but the course, the mini-course is released about how to make sermon series graphics for your church completely free, using Canva for completely free. To get access to that course, all you gotta do is go over to the website, smallchurch.media. Click the free resources. In fact, there's a pop-up that pops up as well. But click the free resources tab. And then literally, just like everything else, you're going to click on the link for the course. If you're on mobile, you got to scroll down a little bit after you click on that link. Click add to cart. Go through the quote-unquote checkout process, even though it's free. Just signs you up for all things related to small church media with emails and access to all the content. So you can access the downloads later. And just like that, you can go through this free mini course to teach you how to make three different social media. And no, back to that. I said that last week to three different sermon series graphics for your church some tips on how to use canva better to make different graphics how to turn those into social media graphics and then where to find inspiration for future graphics so again go over to smallchurch.media right now either click the pop-up to get started or the pop-up pop-up then click the link in the pop-up to get started or just head over to the free resource library to get started on that right now And again, I also want to remind you that this episode of the Small Church Media Podcast is sponsored by Worship Tools. We love Worship Tools so much, and Worship Tools creates software tools designed to equip your worship team and enhance your congregation's worship experience. Planning, Presenter, and Music Stand, which are their three primary apps, are all included and all completely free for your team to use prepare, rehearse, and present at the next level with Worship Tools. And you can get started today by going to smallchurch.media forward slash worshiptools to learn more. And that link will also be in the show notes. It will also be in the description, or you can just type it in your web browser. That completely works as well. And if you want to know about how Worship Tools can come alongside your church and give you the resources that you need, I actually sat down with Adam, the founder of Worship Tools, and had a fantastic interview with him about just how you can use these tools tools and the backside scoop of little tips and tricks on how to use these tools even better to help, again, plan your services. Make sure the volunteers are scheduled and kind of like planning center services where you can put all the people in place and make sure your order of worship is ready to go. You can use their completely free software to do all that. You don't have to pay the 60 bucks a month like you do over there with planning center. And then you can also use the presenter software to put the actual slides up onto your screens. You don't need the $700 a year pro presenter to do that. You can do it all for free using worship tools. So again, smallchurch.media forward slash worship tools to learn more about that. Well, today, we're actually gonna start our own series here on the Small Church Media Podcast. And to be honest with you, we have not done a series in a long time. You know, I've done some themes that I just haven't told you about that has been themes <laughs> in my own head about different, like like, like we had sermon series graphics for a little bit and just sermon, you know, sermons in general about how to make them more like a podcast and get more downloads and make graphics that go alongside of it. We have a lot of conversations around your website, but back during the Christmas season, back, I would say even like, Uh, October into November, about how to make sure your church was prepared for the Christmas season. We did about a six-week series there just to help your church use media to reach your community, get ready for the Christmas season. And, you know, I was doing some some thinking the other day, uh, well, a couple weeks ago, and saying, you know what, we've had a lot of conversations to help you guys use media to reach the community around you to help people who land on their website take those next steps and hopefully also get them to show up for a worship service. But we have not really had a lot of conversations about how you could use media to grow the faith of your congregation. So we're going to have a series right here right now for the next handful of weeks to talk about how you can use media to grow the faith of your congregation using something that you are already familiar with. You're already listening to one about how you can do this for your church. Now, what is that? Using podcasts to reach your congregation and continue to grow the faith of your people. And today we're gonna have a conversation around the idea. And we, I, again, I know we talked at the top of the episode, but the question we're gonna ask today is, is podcasting the modern Sunday school class for the digital age? You know, People have had, we've had Sunday school in our histories for a very, very, very long time. In fact, as a kid, I really loved Sunday school. And as a youth pastor, I was trying to be very intentional with how I used Sunday school because it was a time where teens showed up. I didn't want it to just be a half hearted, oh, here's some donuts and we're just going to kind of chill, hang out, talk for five minutes and walk away. No, I wanted to be very intentional with what I did with my Sunday school class to make sure that my teens were equipped when they entered into the college world and to their short world of how to defend their faith, understand the gospel, understand the different ways to think about worldviews and how to just think and reason and process. So that way, maybe they don't remember all the answers that I gave them in the student ministry, but I at least taught them how to think and get the answers again for themselves. And maybe that's what you are trying to do with your church with Sunday School. But I have talked with so, so many churches I would say over about the last three years, and I found out that most churches have a dying Sunday school program, an absolute dying Sunday school program where they can't get people to show up, they can't get people to engage, they can't find teachers to lead these Sunday school classes, but Sunday school class has been part of our history for hundreds of years, and sometimes the church does not know what else to do because this is just what we've been doing, and this is how it works, and the question is, is there a better way? Well, today, I first want to talk about what the original purpose of Sunday School was, and then maybe what's the purpose of Sunday Schools in recent times, and then moving forward, is this a good mindset of what we need to have, or is there something better out there that we can do as a church? So really quickly, what was the original purpose of Sunday School? In other words, why was Sunday School invented to begin with? A lot of people don't know why, it's just a natural part of what we do at church, and you know, maybe you don't call it small groups. Maybe you call it connect groups or life groups or Bible studies or Sunday morning time or fellowship hour, whatever you want to call it. Most churches have some sort of hour during the Sunday morning worship service time slot where you have Bible study time and then worship time. But what was the original purpose of the Sunday school? The first Sunday school was started over in England back in 1751. Like, Snap 1751 by William King to provide basic education to children, and when I mean basic. That's exactly what I mean. I'm talking about school, the basics, how to write, how to read, and maybe some arithmetic. And it became a place for working-class children. Remember, I think this was way before child labor laws and kids were working all the time, but it was a place for working-class children to learn the basics of just what we think of the basics are of just being a person who could be a benefit to society, read, write, and add and subtract and do all those different things. And this all happened on Sunday mornings because back then, Church was just a part of the culture and Sundays were completely off. And so, William King and then eventually many other people realized hey, this is a perfect opportunity to teach kids how to do all of these things. They're not working, they're not out in the factories or doing, you know, working with mom and dad out in the farm or whatever the heck that they did. This is a great opportunity to teach them how to do it. And then, it, they started to grow and get a lot of momentum very, very, very quickly to the point where as the need became so apparent that this needs to happen all over the country and eventually it grew into Europe and came over to America, churches starting started to come together. They started purchasing larger buildings, like think of a modern school building, in order to house these kids for Sunday school and consistently and constantly teach them how to read, write, and do the basic arithmetic. That was the purpose of Sunday school was just to teach the kids to learn how to do these basic skills. And now the evolution of Sunday school is fascinating as child labor law started showing up. As denominations started to split and then have their own Sunday schools rather than one massive building, and then schools started becoming publicly ran by the government, Sunday school then evolved into a place where children and adults weren't just taught the basics of just, you know, life with reading and adding, but they were taught the basics of their faith, and the catechism became the leading tool to teach the faith. Now, you might not know what a catechism is, but catechism is basically just a question and answer. Um, the Catholics have a, like a huge catechism book. A lot of the old Protestant reformed traditions also have a catechism book, but the idea is just some of the fact of like questions of like, who is God?" and then there would be an answer. Um, Who is Jesus? And there would be an answer. And that's where Sunday school started to fill in the gaps because there was no longer a need to teach kids to learn how to read, write, and add. So the church, as society evolved, they evolved as well and said, hey, we could start using this time to teach the basics of the faith and teach people what, you know, there's only 45 minutes or an hour, hour and a half on a Sunday morning for a sermon. Let's now use this time to teach them the basics of the faith. And as the tradition continues hundreds of years later, later, Sunday schools are still happening today in churches all across America, all across Europe, all across the world. And as I said before, some churches call them connect groups, some call them Bible studies, some call them core classes, or of course seminars, which I think is a great little tag. Some just call it general classes. But whatever you call it, Sunday school is a place to teach Christians how to think about God, how to study the Bible how to answer tough questions and ultimately be connected with other Christians. Now, however, churches seem to be getting away from the formal teacher-based Sunday school class, which we all grew up to know and love, and they've been transitioning more into communal groups to study the Bible, but many churches still have teaching-based ministries outside of the pastor preaching the Sunday morning sermon, and maybe your church is like this as well. But again, I already said this, but it seems like the more I talk to pastors, the more I'm hearing that Sunday school numbers are dwindling. And maybe this is what you're finding in your small church, where let's be honest, your church is already small. And then the amount of people to show up on a Sunday morning to just sit and listen to, you know, let's be honest, two sermons, really is not exactly what people want to do. So then the question is, what are we supposed to do with that? So then we started transitioning as our groups. Okay, it's less about teaching and more just about fellowship and community, and let's just come together before the service starts. That way we can still have a reason for people to show up, and then we'll also teach them along the way. And, you know, not only is Sunday school attendance suffering, but then the problem churches started to discover is now attendance is also hurting as well. So Sunday school and teaching used to hurt. So we turned into more communities, and it maybe took them away from Sunday morning, did them on a different night of the week. But now we're waking up to the realization of the Sunday morning worship service is also dwindling in terms of the amount of people that are engaged with that. And the question is, is why is that? And we can argue that people don't care about their faith, that people are more about sports or traveling activities, whether as an adult or for their kids. And we can say it's because church leaders aren't very well-trained or they're not just fun to be a part of and that people don't want a church community anymore, but they'd rather just go find their communities somewhere else. And, you know, as I agree that many of these reasons are actually true, and I agree with you that if you thought those things, We have two options. Option one, complain and guilt people into showing up more and more and more and more and more and constantly adding to their schedule and tell them that they love Jesus more, they would get rid of the other things and show back up. Or number two, we can simply meet people where they are and walk with them in their life. And then if we meet people where they are at and walk with them in their life, the question then is, how on earth are we able to do this when they're specifically, specifically they are outside of our church doors? And my answer to that, and the best way to reach people where they already at in their church, in your church while they're living their lives is podcast. Now, since you are listening to this episode, you already understand that podcasting is such a fun and unique tool to reach people in the everyday world, in their everyday life, and connect with them in a way like never before. So here's the question that we are going to talk about today. Can you do this for your church? Now, when I was pastoring down at Southside, we as a staff started asking these questions and asking the question of why on earth are our Sunday school classes, which we call them Connect Group. Why is our attendance suffering? Now, for our church, we had some terrific Sunday school teachers. In fact, one particular was just par none, one of the best teachers I've ever heard. And this class in particular would sometimes have 40 people, 50 people. We even had 60 people show up for this Connect Group, and then they would have to split it, and then it would grow again, split, grow again. And the reason was, was because this teacher was absolutely phenomenal. However, even though that particular group was growing pretty well, we noticed that a particular group of people were not present in the demographic of this connect group or any other connect group on Sunday morning, and that... Was the millennials now? This group was full of so many amazing people who had older kids and teenagers, but many millennials did not show up to any connect group on Sunday morning, no matter what we did, how much coffee we offered, and how hard we tried. And so, in fact, we had a meeting of a whole bunch of different people in the church that asked, you know, not just ask about it, but talk about the problem and see how we can fix it. And you know what happened in that little meeting? I mean, we're Baptist, so we called it a committee, but every Everyone simply complained about the issue. They just said, millennials millennials just need to get over it. We need to teach them that they need to love God more than all these different things or whatnot. But the problem was is no one said, okay, well, we can complain about it or what can we do to reach the millennials in their mindset of where they are at? Now, me being a millennial, obviously I had a a lot to say about this conversation. And out of all of these conversations, I had a thought. Could we start a podcast as a teaching ministry of the church and reach the millennials in our community, not just our church, but yeah, community at large, and Real Talk Christian Podcast was formed because of it. And to be honest with you, it was doing really well. And we even had older people to the church start to come and hear the conversation that we were having on this podcast. But the problem was, we started the podcast, and then about a year later, I... I, I was done. I was done with the ministry. I resigned just because of life circumstances situation. In fact, if you want to hear about all those stories, go to my website, marki.com forward slash about. You can hear my full story over there. But when I resigned from the church, I ended up taking the podcast with me because the church was not ready or let's be honest, wanted to take over the responsibilities of growing the podcast. And since it was mine and another um, lay leader in the church, my buddy Fuller, since we did the podcast, we just took it and we kept running with it. And since then. We were able to reach and are able to reach so, so many different people across all different walks of life, different age brackets, and even different countries. In fact, this weekend, we just came from a music festival in Michigan where one of the coordinators of the festival is a podcast listener. He's like, hey, guys, we guys, we want you guys to come to the festival. We want you guys to have what they call the chapel session where we got to actually speak and, and just minister to the people that were at this festival podcast style. We got main stage time, and we've been able to have so many amazing conversations with people here in South Bend and all over the world. And in fact, about a mu- two, months ago, two months ago, we actually had someone show up to church at Southside because he got saved through the podcast. He wanted to get baptized because we talked about baptism on the podcast, and now he is an active, thriving member in that church. The whole goal of that podcast was to reach our generation with the gospel and the upcoming generation. Generation, and we proved that we could do it. And here's the question then, is this something that you can do for your church? Many other churches have asked this question, and a lot of churches said, yes, we want to step into this gap. And to be honest with you, it's hard. It's a grind, and it's difficult to do it, but so many churches that have consistently taken the what, what, what's that terminology the the taking the plow to the fields to just that we're supposed to do have found so many great rewards because of it. and I want to leave this thought with you, all right. If you are struggling about how to connect, teach, train, and equip your people for the work of the ministry right now. Is it time for you to try a new ministry for your church using modern media to do it? And you know, with this podcast, I say the goal of the Small Church Media Podcast is to both help you reach new people for Jesus and grow the faith of your con- uh, congregation. And many of the conversations we've had so far, I've already said this, is to teach you how to focus on reaching out. But for the next few weeks, we're going to dial it in and we're going to talk about how you can grow the faith of your congregation using a specific podcast for your church. So to wrap up this conversation and give you something to think about this week while you're waiting for the next episode to drop, here are six benefits that maybe will help you think, yes, this is something we need to do and do for our church. These are six benefits of using a podcast as a new ministry for your church. Number one, podcast lets you reach people during the week, even when they are not in the building. In other words, your people don't need to show up to the building to learn more about their faith. You are going to them. Number two, podcast lets you teach on specific topics that may not be talked about from the pulpit. We'll talk more about that in a future episode. Number three, podcast if done correctly, can also help you grow your church's online audience and maybe connect people who are not connected with a church to your church family. Number four, podcast lets you share more content with family and friends. And not just share more content, but it lets your people share more content with their family and their friends. Number five, and I love this one, podcast are not one and done like most Sunday school classes are. In fact, if someone is in a Sunday school class and they miss a week, the you know the chance of them catching back up to know what's going on is slim to none. But cod podcasts though live online for forever. They are not one and done. They're always findable. They're always discoverable. People can always go back and listen to previous ones. And number six is podcasts are the way of the future of online content. If you want to start creating online content for your church, social media is a very busy place. Bloggers have been around for a very long time. YouTube videos take a lot of money, time, and effort to create. But podcasts, though, Right now, even though they are becoming more of a popular thing, it's not an oversaturated market. And on top of that, if your goal is just to help your own church congregation continue to learn more about their faith, even if you don't grow leaps and bounds all over the world, you have to see what are the goals of your own podcast and what would be considered a win. And we'll talk about that in future episodes. But I do want to warn you, though, all right? podcast just like every other ministry in the church takes time dedication, and intentionality. But if you put the same amount of time in that you would into a Sunday school lesson and preparing it and then presenting it and then talking about it in future times, that you would use that time and put that time into you know creating a podcast and use the correct equipment to get a great sounding podcast. It doesn't need to be expensive. We'll talk about that as well. You can set yourself up for a great new ministry and teaching arm of the church Using media, and right now i'm going to tell you this, okay you can actually start a podcast for free now I'm going to talk in the future episodes about how maybe you should spend a hundred dollars, maybe you should spend hundred fifty dollars to get better equipment to have better audio quality so that way people will actually want to listen and engage, but either way, you can start a podcast right now for completely free. And we're going to talk about that here in a future episode. But I do want to address something really quick before I let you go. And this may be something you are already thinking about, okay? One of the biggest pushbacks that I hear from people about starting a digital first ministry teaching arm of the church is this. When people just take in content online, they aren't able to live in community and fellowship with one another, which is what we want to do with Sunday school classes and connect groups and fellowship groups and the morning worship service. And I will agree with you that this is a true statement, but I can attest to the fact that podcasts actually provide more of a way into your community than you ever thought possible. Why? Because as people engage with your podcast and engage with podcasts in general, you are constantly able to invite them back into church. You are able to teach them more things and be like, hey, maybe I should reconnect. And it's a constant reminder that they need to get back involved with your community. In your podcast, you can use time at the beginning or the end to talk about upcoming events, series, different groups that are starting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if people are actually listening on the go, (laughs) they'll actually hear more announcements from the podcast than if they never showed up. The church in the first place. And on top of that, the other podcast that I do, we were talking about a Real Talk Christian podcast. We have an entire online community built around the podcast. Because as that podcast grew, our listeners, we have about, I would say, two to 3,000 listeners that we have for that podcast. They wanted an online community. So, we have an online community on Instagram. We have one on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. And we text and email people every single day. So, is there fellowship to be found in a podcast? And the answer is absolutely. Is it completely different than the way it has been for many years? absolutely. But in today's age where people truly do love Jesus, but they're running around with a busy life, why not come alongside them in, in, on the journey, encourage them, use a tool like a podcast to continue to teach, educate, and encourage your congregation. And in doing such, fulfilling the calling that you have as a church and you have as a pastor, which is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And what is that? To love God, love their neighbors as themselves, and go out and share their faith, the Great Commission, with the worlds around them. Now, in the future episodes, we're gonna be talking about topics like, if you're gonna create a podcast for your church, where on earth do you begin? Talking about your audience, your voice, the gear you should use, all that kind of fun stuff. We're also gonna be talking about how to grow a podcast for your church, and then how do you actually get your people to listen to it? Because let's be honest, a lot of small churches, the people in those churches, They ain't tech savvy. So how on earth can we get them to listen to it? Number three, how to save time in podcasting while also producing great content? Because it takes time, but how do you use your time wisely and effectively to create good content? Number four, how can you tell if your podcast is actually making a difference? And how do you know you're not just wasting your time? But in this episode, I wanna leave you with this thought, all right? And then we'll be all said and done for this episode. Sunday school was created to fulfill a need in the community, and the church has resources to take care of that need. What was that need back in the day? Simply educate the people. First, with the basics, and second, with the faith. And if you were to ask me, podcasting is the new Sunday school because people still need to be educated and grow in the faith. And podcasting lets you get directly to the ears of people while they are living their everyday life. Instead of fighting them to come back into the building and come back in the building and guilt them into that at certain times, why not just meet them where they are right now and help them go and live? their faith out. And I personally believe that podcast is the way to do it. So I want to encourage you to come back over the next handful of episodes where we talk more about how to use a podcast as the teaching arm to not even just reach new people, but encourage your people and strengthen the faith of those who are in your congregation. Well, guys, it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys again this week. Again, we talked about it at the top of the episode, but head over to smallchurch.media right now to get access to that new free mini course about how you can make sermon series graphics for your church. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, please leave me a rating and review over there. And in doing such, let me know, and I'll send you a Starbucks gift card. It's just a way to say thank you for that. If you're over on Spotify, just leave a rating there. Or anywhere you listen to podcasts, if you can leave a rating and review... Please do it, because it helps the analytics. It helps more people find this show. But more even importantly than leaving a review on those places... Please share this episode or the show or a different episode that was important to you and meant a lot to you to another small church pastor in your community, in your circle, or in your friends group. And let's continue to come alongside other pastors, just like I'm trying to do with you right now, to help teach small churches how to use media to not just, again, reach out to people and grow their church numerically, but also grow the faith of their congregation. It was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys again this week and I hope you come back next week, next Tuesday, where we're going to keep talking about how to start a podcast for your church. So until then, take it easy, enjoy your week, and we'll see you next time on the Small Church Media Podcast. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.